0: Welcome to yet another of the 10-minute Cood Street podcast that Jonathan Strahan and I have been doing since this apparently endless lockdown. And today um, I'm talking to uh, Karen Lord all the way from Barbados, uh, where you must feel somewhat protected there. You're on an island.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, islands can be safe and they can also be very hard to leave if things aren't safe. So let's just say there's a bit of a balance.
0: Okay, it's a balance.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: But how, how have you been during the lockdown generally? Can you get work done? Can you get reading done?
1: Um, I would say I've been very fortunate because like so many writers, I'm very accustomed to working from home already. Right. And like quite a few um, people, I think, who write in the corners of the world, most of my work has to do with speaking to people who are outside of my borders. So again, this is, um, you know, the whole dealing with, whether it's Skype or Hangouts or Zoom or whatever. None of this is new to me. Um, as to whether I have the, <laughs> the brain power, <laughs> the energy, the, the, the whatever it takes to actually continue working normally, it's, it's, um, it's been interesting watching how my brain's been handling this. Let's put it that way. But I think I've finally come up with a, a framework to describe it. Um, all of our automatic routines are being scrambled and have it to be rewritten. It's like when you move to a new country and you, mm. you don't know where the banks are, you need to find a place to go to get your groceries and, and everything is a little different and, and they do things a little differently and you have to, you can't do things on autopilot. You have to be conscious of what you're doing until it becomes a habit. And it feels like I moved to a new country. It feels like you know everything is changed in terms of the small everyday things. And well, the energy it takes to do that, mm-hmm. it, it takes away from your usual work energy a bit.
0: There's that famous quotation from L.P. Hartley uh, that the past is a different country. It's, <laughs> and, and what you're saying is that the future is, too, and, and we're already in it.
1: Yes, we are. We've got to catch up quick.
0: Well, are you able to get any reading done during this period? And.
1: I am, but it's um, definitely not long involved works. Although the part of that isn't lockdown. Part of that is um, is, is my own quirk. Um, uh-huh. when I am writing or if I am like doing the sort of the pre writing aspect of a story where you're thinking of your characters and your backgrounds and your right. plots. I stop myself from reading anything that's remotely in my area. Or because it just it just it just never ends well. It's usually more frustrating than anything. And God forbid it's anybody who styles remotely like mine, because then it just feels like you you feel this nervousness about plagiarism, even when plagiarism isn't happening. You know, it's not like you're having the same ideas, but you feel they're just too close to the edges of what you want to write, and it becomes frustrating.
0: So I was already
1: not reading a lot.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but okay, if you. If you were reading, let's let's just ask. what. Well, I am reading old stuff and that's actually that's... the
1: easiest thing to do. Um, anything I don't have to read for work. I'm trying to read for pleasure. It's things I've read before. I've been enjoying reading um, scenes from Queens of Innis by Tessa Grattan, one of my favorite books. It's always a pleasure to pick up a uh, Terry Pratchett and, and just you know, you don't even need much of it, and I and I don't need the whole arc. That's the thing. I can't seem to hold a whole book in my head right uh-huh. now. But just going back to the familiar scenes um, well, you're not, and the you're bits not, that give you you're pleasure.
0: You're not the only one to mention Terry Pratchett, and I think one of the interesting things that I forgot who it was 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 uh, it may have it may have been our mutual friend Karen Burnham mm. that. You go back to Terry Pratchett partly because it's very funny and it's very light, and yet it's very dark and, and not, mm-hmm. not light at the same time. <laughs> yes. So <it's>, it, <laughs> it seems somehow appropriate for now. Do you, yeah. So Terry Pratchett is what, or, or, or the Queens of Innesia, and you would count that as comfort food kind of reading?
1: Um, comfort food, Queens of Innesia is not so much on the humor, but um, it's, it's very heartfelt. Um, there there's a lot of like deep relationships and a lot of um, deep support and people kind of navigating very um, fraught relationships in some cases and it still works for me because um, I guess maybe in addition to Pratchett's humor you also get a very community sense Uh you know the the guards the witches um, not the wizards of course they're almost the opposite of that well (laughs) yeah but you, you get that feel, and maybe besides the humor, um, reading stories about people who are in community and are, are um, working actively at maintaining community, are also it's also comfort food.
0: Do you have a favorite, Pratchett?
1: Oh, man. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: well, I, I've asked I, that question to a few people, and I either get exactly your reaction, like, how do I pick one? Or I get mm-hmm. an instant answer, uh, like, okay, Karen Burnham said small gods.
1: I do like Small Gods and it's, it's one of those no recurring character um, rarities, which is um, and I think of all of the no recurring character ones, that is my preference. But if you ask me which is my favorite guards one, it's Nightwatch. If you Night- ask me which is my favorite, witches one, oh one? no, that one is actually harder. That one is actually harder because, you know, um, but but I actually love the way. The whole Tiffany Aking series, actually, that that the, the way the witches integrate into that,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, I like so that a lot.
0: You really do know all the different uh, series and, and 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 lines that he's got going in that. I, I confess, I don't know all of them. I,
1: <laughs> I haven't read everything he's written, and I've not even read all the Disc Worlds. I'm kind of almost saving them for uh-huh. a rainy day because they're not going to be anymore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah.
0: Well, what have you been writing lately or what? Because um, you've had uh, a short story coming out, I know, called The Plague Doctors. And I know you'd written it way before any of this.
1: happened. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you know, pandemics are your staple trope oh, of, of course, science yeah. fiction. And I have to keep telling people that when they give me a funny look. So um, this was one of these um, last minute commissions. Um, I like sort of um, this this came to me about, I guess. July or so last year. No, it came a little earlier, but in terms of the contract being signed, but June oh. June last year. And it was funny because I had such a short turnaround time to do it um, that I said, um, I'm, I'm not, usually of an anthology, you know, you get like a year or two in advance, you can really do your research and spend some time. I said, I can't I can't do this by myself. I need to have a medical consultant
0: mm-hmm. to um,
1: help me like work out exactly what kind of disease I want to do what and um and a, and a local editor to, to bring the draft to scratch very quickly so it was one of the most collaborative things that i did for um you know sort of novelette length thing uh-huh. um and i i um, the doctor who i worked with is an old friend of mine who when I mean, we were um much younger <laughs> who used to exchange a lot of science fiction and fantasy books amongst ourselves so he's also a sci-fi buff which helps which helps mm-hmm. so when i was speculating i was saying you know adrian his name is adrian charles give him credit um I need a disease that's going to do this because it's going to help me in this aspect of plot. He knew what I was talking about. Excellent. So, so then we worked on it, and, and then um then when all this started happening, um and I mean when I say all this started happening, it was actually published in January. This is the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, by the way. It's a free anthology. So if you go to their website, or maybe I can give you a link afterwards to to put okay. on the blog, you know. Um it's easy to access and read it. Not there's some amazing writers in there, not not just. What's the title
0: what's the title of the anthology?
1: It's called Take Us to a Better Place and it's this about the future of health, basically. That was the that was the whole point of the anthology. Okay, cool. It's
0: a um, very appropriate title. <laughs> yes.
1: And 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 there were quite a few stories that were pointing out how our inequities in the health system are, are basically our Achilles heel right the way through uh-huh. whatever kind of crisis we face. Um, so when, when things started happening, we just kept on, you know, kind of like having conversations. We were like, oh my goodness, yeah, see that, that, and that, and that sort of echoing stuff we put into the story. But I felt very nervous because he's a doctor at our geriatric hospital. Ah. Um, so it was like, yeah, you know, there was, there was, there was sort of a, a real sense of dread, Gary, I'm going to, I'm going to say this only because it's you,
0: and, <laughs>
1: But there is a a weird feeling you get sometimes when you're writing about calling things into the universe.
0: I can see that.
1: Yeah. So um, although I I didn't feel anything as foolish as, oh, I wrote about a pandemic and now there's a pandemic, because like I said, it's a common trope. I did have a feeling of, oh, I got my friend to help me write a pandemic story. And now he's a frontline worker in this. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you know, calm down.
0: Nice. I, I, I think they managed
1: in other ways. <laughs> I,
0: I, but but, but it, it's also something I've I've seen uh, happening already that people who'd written – I'm trying to remember one that's kind of a bestseller – people who had written novels two and three years in, uh, ago, but the novels are just now appearing just yes. because of the normal cycle. And, and now they're getting tweets saying, how dare you take advantage yeah. <laughs> of <it." laughs> sensationalizing the deaths of people and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean uh, – Going back to, to, to Mary Shelley and Jack London, and I mean, uh, plagues. If, if you if you take any plague in world history, possibly with the exception of the 14th century, when there really wasn't much of what, well, even then you had the, the camera. There you go. But by and large, there's always a novel that precedes it, uh, or a bunch <laughs> of, uh, so you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Um, but um, have you got any novels you're working on?
1: Um, let's see. I just finished um, handing in a manuscript just before ah. all the lockdown started. Um, which is my, my second book for DAW. And I am curious to see what my editor will think of it. <laughs> um, okay. If, I don't know what the timeline is going to be on it. You know, everything feels a little shaky right now. Um, I think it oh, was yeah. really supposed to be for next year. But, um, but I'm kind of excited about that. I, I had... It was... Uh, Something I wrote after I slightly had to cure myself from burnout at the end of last year. But Mm -hmm. then I I did a very focused set of of writing in January and February after having done a lot of deep thinking all through 2019. And I really enjoyed writing it. Sometimes you don't enjoy the drafting process. Sometimes I don't Mm -hmm. enjoy the drafting process. Um, Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, you still see you've got some good stuff. But I actually enjoyed it and looked back and thought, oh, no, wait a minute. There's, there's some good stuff here. I mean, there's some stuff the editor has, to like, you know, whip into shape as well. Didn't want to leave her if no word to do. <laughs> can,
0: can you tell us just very generally whether it's more in the direction of, uh, let's say, the best of all possible worlds or more in the direction of, say, Unraveling or um, uh, Redemption Indigo?
1: It's more in the direction of Best of All Possible Worlds. Okay. It is science fiction, and it is, um, well, part of the reason it, it, I had to think about it for so long is I initially planned for it to be a near-future Earth, and then Earth started going through all these convulsions of politics and <laughs> weird things. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I can't predict what's going to happen two years from now, far less ten, so let's push this way further to the future. So it's more like 150 years in the present instead. That, that makes the, in the future. Okay
0: well yeah somebody said recently uh that anybody trying to write after 2016 anybody trying to write (laughs) near future fiction is insane yep (laughs) well we're hmm. out of time but it's been great talking to you
1: it's been fantastic talking to you thanks so much for having me on
0: okay and once again our our guest has been karen lord and once again this has been a Cood street podcast